You are listening to Positive Living Vibrations with Sarah Troy. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Positive Living Vibrations with myself, Sarah Troy, and my guest today, Suzanne Mathis McQueen. She has a wonderful new book out called Four Seasons in Four Weeks. And no, it's not what you think it is. It's actually on a hormonal rhythm. And she uses symbolizations and archetypes and easy to follow system to actually understand what your hormonal rhythm is actually telling you. It isn't just a curse. It isn't something that, oh my God, I'm feeling hormonal. Each one of these things is actually kind of a message to you. And we're going to actually understand today what it is actually ten you and how you can tune into it and how you can make your life and your spouse's life so much more harmonious by understanding your hormonal rhythm and the symbolism of that what it means. Quite unique. I've never heard of this before. So this is going to be very, very intriguing. I'm not gonna waste any more time with um you know, going into uh, what I think it is, we're going to go straight to the founder of this, Suzanne, whose background is in the healing industry. She's a former creator and owner of a million-dollar award-winning day spa, a retreat center, <laughs> one I'd like to go to right now. After seeing her business in 2003, she took uh, selling a business. She decided to take a short break break and take a new direction and out of this emerged this new spiritual journey which become her life's work. Her passion is towards encouraging already empowered women and girls to make real changes for themselves and therefore the world. 100% agree on that. It starts with us and we uh, vibrate it out to the world and she does this by synchronizing with the sequence of their own monthly cycle. Something Susan personally discovered by being in a hidden treasure and remarkable navigational system within herself and all women. Even beyond menopause, women um, understands the primal wisdom of the fluctuating hormones and their daily experiences to begin and make sense instead of needing to tolerate the inconvenience or the frustration of the cycle. She begins to fall in love with her womb's power. And Suzanne considers this to be the missing link in women's empowerment and without this knowledge the female gender as at whole will continue to struggle for true equality and sovereignty. I really like this topic Suzanne um, and you know hormones have always been something that's been considered a curse. You want to have children you've got to have the hormones. The hormone makes you a woman but it's always been that something that we as women have looked upon as something that we can't wait to get over. So how did this journey start? How did you even go down this path? Welcome to the show, <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, how did I go down this path? It was a very unlikely path for me to go down, I'll tell you that, because I was one of those women who never really thought that my hormones had anything to do with what made me tick. And that's because our society looks 
so down on um, on our cycle and on us as women because we cycle. Mm-hmm. So I never liked that reputation for women. I never wanted to go down that road. I wasn't an expert in it. I never learned any more than most women ever learned about their cycle. And I never really had a wacky cycle, I would say. So it w- wasn't something that I needed to investigate. But in, my, um, in the late 90s, for... Um, Uh, a few reasons I decided that maybe I would go ahead and track my cycle to get a few insights about what was going on perhaps. And indeed, I received much more than I ever imagined. Yes. Uh, It's really weird what kind of changes our directions in life, isn't it? You know, and uh, what suddenly sparks an interest, which is meant to be your purpose. Um, And one you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? I don't know. Whatever God's design is for us, right? They'll let us know along the journey. And uh, But, you know, you talk about, you know, four energies, 28 days, um, you know, four weeks. Um, you know, it, it, I'm intrigued at actually how this works with, with the hormones and how this, you know, uh, how do you tap in? How do you actually understand this? Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually an incredibly easy practice or incredibly easy system and it's one that I believe is something that we used to know as a gender very very well I believe this is ancient wisdom for real you know we talk a lot about ancient wisdom and that kind of thing I believe that this is the lost culture and language of the female way that's what I call it anyway because this is this is so logical and predictable. It's really showing us that our that female rhythm is a mind body spirit experience, or really, it's a it's a science um, experience and a primal wisdom experience is what it is um, is what it really is. We, we're able to bring out all kinds of layers when we understand this particular system. And it's something that um, we lost along the way. We, we lost it many times along the way because as patriarchy took over more and more and more, we lost more and more and more of this information. We were isolated from each other. We, were, we, we ultimately were forced into a man's world and a way of um, of following his rhythm. We, we ended up following a man's rhythm, which is a different hormonal rhythm than ours is. They have a steadier burn going on, something more even going on, even though they have a rhythm as well. But theirs is more drawn out. And with ours, we have a... Um, a predictable monthly rhythm. We're lunar rhythmic, and that's because we we're we're the human source of creation. We have a uterine nest to build every month, and then tear it back down if there is no pregnancy. And if we, um, even after menopause, even after after hysterectomy, or perhaps we never want children, we you know we still have this, um, or we're not able to have children. I should say. Um, we still contain this rhythm because we're female. I mean, this rhythm of ours um, is, is supported by our entire female body, which, which works in unison with this rhythm. So whether we're able to, to bear children or not, we're still able to produce um, uh, businesses and nations. We're still, we're still creators. Um, whichever way you, you choose to do it, and our and this navigational system within us guides us the whole way. Once we see what it is and remember it, 
I mean, you know, we're looking at women as, you know, the nurturers, you know, the mm-hmm. mother figures, those that really care, mm-hmm. those with kind of generally a bigger conscience as a rule. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we look at. It. Would you say that actually comes from that hormonal wisdom? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, I, and, and many women that I know have said over time that they don't feel particularly nurturing. They don't particularly have that peace. But I actually haven't seen that in, the, in them. They just um, don't feel like they want to have children. Right. But they do end up nurturing a business fabulously mm. or, mm-hmm. their, or their, their sisters or brothers or, you know, um, um, whoever. They're, they are terrific leaders, perhaps. Or they're just a, a terrific artist, um, you know, let's say, or musician. Uh, but they are, um, I do find that the majority of women I know are very good in uh, creating, creating community in some small or big way. And um, I think that's ultimately um, what we're here to do. Yeah. Yes, I mean we we have that um, that nature to nurture, and as you said, it doesn't matter whether you you know you have children or not. And mm-hmm. I recently did a show on you know on Mother's Day and motherhood, and for me it was something that was you know a gift and something I always wanted. But I completely respect yeah. the woman that says no, children aren't for me. Um, right. You know, or maybe it's something I'll come to later in my life, but I'm not going to be, you know, kind of browbeaten into it now because it's expected. And as you said, you right. may have somebody who is, you know, the mothering and the nurturer over the business or uh, over everything else that they do in life. And, uh, you know, everybody gets the benefit of that. You don't have to give birth to be to be a mother figure. That's right. Yes, you don't have to give birth to children to give birth to many projects. Yeah. And and I'm like you. I mean, I, I've got three kids. I love being a mom. I had three home births. I always knew that I have children. It was something I always wanted and uh, and always knew that that was part of who I was. But certainly, I, I absolutely, um, I've got many friends who don't have children. Some wanted some, and the community just never, you know, the, the right person never um, came into their lives, or they just flat out never wanted any. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do see that that doesn't, um, that doesn't change what uh, their ability to produce. And I, I've really seen that with, with pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, you do come across some people that, you know, just, just simply don't have it, you mm-hmm. know, that just haven't got that kind of caring nature. Right. Is that anything to do with, um, with the hormonal imprint? Gosh, or is it more, you know, a different type of nature altogether? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question at all. Um, it, it could be one of a number of things. It could be, um, I, I doubt it's their hormones. I, I, mm-hmm. I bet it's more around um, just who they pop pop into this world as, um, yeah. who's in their DNA. You know, what? I, I really believe really strongly in in the fact that we carry all of our ancestors um, that that make up part of our DNA. Yeah, we carry them yeah. within us. You know, way back to, you know, back to the primal human. And um, so, who steps forward? Who steps up strongly? We are a real cocktail of yeah. uh, who has come before us. You know, and so who who is really stepping forward within us um, with um, with more personality or something like that? And and we just don't know what really comes forward in each person. And so I would say, or it could also, if it's not that, if they didn't pop out that way, it could be, you know, whatever their life experience 
um, has been as yes. a child or as an adult. Yeah. Yes, what they were brought up to be. So, yeah. you know, like, you know, you were talking about the, you know, the womb is getting ready, um, you know, for mm-hmm. for uh, pregnancy. And, of course, if we don't have it with them, we have the period. Um, but, right. you know, of course, it, we kind of always associate the, the grumpiness or the, you know, the the bloated, the, you know, feeling miserable mm-hmm. along with the actual period. But really, yeah. it's the, that hormonal insight that happens before then, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Well, there is a, um, uh, for sure, we are construction zones. Again, whether we want children or not, and if everything is going along um, with good health, then we are building a uterine nest every single month, and then we are deconstructing that uterine nest should, uh, if a pregnancy does not occur. So we do that round and round and round. We do it every single month for over 40 years of our lives, um, you know, minus pregnancies and nursing and all of that, if that gets thrown in there. So um, we are we are simply um, um, doing this cycle over and over and over, and what that means is that our um, our monthly rhythm is going through a a, um, a four phase cycle, and this is this is a real basic. I mean, you know, this is a real foundational piece. But we have a rhythm no different than any other rhythm in the universe. Every rhythm in the universe has something that looks like a resting phase, a building phase, expression phase, and a deconstructing phase, and back to rest. And you will find that when we walk out outside in the morning, you'll see the flowers have been closed up and they're just starting to open. At some point, they, you know, they're in full bloom and they, they start to close up again at night. Each one of us, men and women both, have a 24-hour body clock or a 24-hour circadian rhythm. And we sleep at night. That's a resting phase. We get up in the morning. That's a building phase. Our, our, um, our blood really starts to get moving. Our organs come alive. At some point in the afternoon, we peak. And then at night, we wind back down. And then we go back to sleep. And we may do that a couple of times during the day if we take a nap or you know something like that. But we don't make, men and women both, we do not make the same decisions at night that we make in the morning, most mm-hmm. of the time. Because our, our energy, our rhythm is different throughout throughout the day and we're, we're that's a, this is a very natural thing for us um, if we're coffee drinkers we may have coffee in the morning but we might not have it late at night or vice versa we um, we might not make a major decision at, at night something comes up at night and what do we say sleep we on say, it well you know what let's sleep on it <laughs> yes. let's sleep on it I want to sleep on it and look at it exactly. fresh in the morning right? look at it fresh in the morning now this is not now you know none of us call this crazy yes. none of us call this changing our minds but in fact this four phase resting building expressing and deconstructing phase um, uh, model is exactly what women also do during a month's time, yet we're called crazy or that we change our minds a lot if, if we're making different decisions throughout this month's time, um, if we have a different viewpoint, if we feel a little bit differently. Um, and what I, what I got um, uh, a mission would say <laughs> is yes. really let women know, but also let society know that this is this ridiculous. It's really a crime against 
against women to to accuse them of such things. Uh, this is a real old paradigm. It's a real old myth. It's an old lie, actually. It really stems from a very unhealthy, imbalanced world, and um, which it used to say that that being a woman was a pathological condition. Um, when you know, and it, it's very true. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. At least here in the United nice. States, you know, uh, back in the mid 1800s, we can point to a time. I mean, again, there are different different um, points in history throughout every culture that, that um, shows uh, when patriarchy came in and, and where it built or where things started to crumble for women. You know, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to choose one particular time, but one time that I can point to here in the United States is, um, uh, was in the mid-1800s. And what we do know is that when this country was founded, women did not have the right to vote, but they did have... Um, control over uh, the their personal domain, the the domain of the womb, and it, women had circles. They they uh, gave information to each other, and they were, were they were led by midwives. Well, during the mid 1800s, uh, the American Medi- um, American Medical Association was created. These were male doctors, and one thing led to another, and they outlawed midwifery. And when that happened, it was sort of the nail on the coffin in a way because when midwifery was outlawed, um, the males had really no no um, information about the female reproductive system. Many of them were, um, it, it's documented that at times they weren't even allowed to look at it. They didn't have any information, yeah. And documentation shows that, that they clearly said things um, such as, um, being a woman is a, uh, I mean, it's basically, it was basically thought of as a pathological condition as if you were a woman. It was seen as a, um, uh, a monthly act of, of willful negligence when you had a period. So these are the kinds of things that our grandmothers, uh, that oh. our ancestors had to deal with. And eventually they just were forced to cut their own umbilical cord from their female power um, because they just really had no choice. Uh, as far as survival goes, except to assimilate into this this crazy mess, and um, and we have we have not recovered since, because today we still have not learned what's positive about this reproductive cycle of ours, except for that you know that we can get pregnant if we want to, and you know so of course that's that's a, a real positive, but otherwise, um, studies are showing that seventy seven percent of cycling women see this as a total drag and an inconvenient and in mm-hmm. the way of their life. And 50% would like to get rid of, of the cycle altogether. So they're clearly not, um, we are so incredibly disconnected and we can continue to go further away from knowing what's good about our cycles by, by having the um, pharmaceutical companies comply by creating a, a birth control pill that will allow one period a year or four periods a year. I know. Yeah. Well, what are we doing to our bodies? What are we allowing to be done to our bodies? I mean, it's the same with, with birthing, isn't it? I mean, you had home mm-hmm. births. Good for you. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, I went down the doctor way, I, the epidural. Um, on one of them, I had the C-section. 
Um, we nearly lost my son. They broke the force of spreading him out. Ooh. You know, I, I just went through, you know, awful pregnancies and actual awful deliveries. And, you know, that's why my kids is such a blessing because, uh, I mean, yeah. each one of them, you know, found to get get into this world. And you're up against a time clock in there. Oh, you've got to, you know, water's broken. You've got to deliver within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, we're subject to being sued. So that right. means C-section or we're going to sue. And it's all a mechanical type thing. And the amount of stress that it puts on, I think, you know, the mother especially, um, that you've got to deliver now, you've got to deliver now. You know, it's it's unnatural, completely unnatural. We're right. not allowing that natural process to take place um, and not okay. embracing that journey. That child will come when that child is ready, may need a little help. Uh, I was fortunate mm-hmm. with my first one to have a midwife turned nurse in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I she gave birth mm-hmm. to my daughter, me. You know, at that point, I was so exhausted. Yeah. She was there. She did it. And she made it a wonderful experience, you know, during and after. Um, the next time round, I had a religious nurse who decided that because I was spiritual, I was evil. And made my life a nightmare, <laughs> yeah. um, and, yeah. and made it. A re- and I nearly lost my son during that time period. So you know, there was it was not a good experience at all. And we don't take ownership of our bodies, do we? I mean, we're always talking no. about your health, what you put in, you know, making better choices. But we are completely ignorant about our bodies and you know the as you said the rhythm the reason there's nothing done without a reason or rhyme to it uh, and we need to really pay more attention to what our bodies are doing and right. embrace it more rather than kind of as you say look at it as an inconvenience mm-hmm. well what i um and let, let me first first and foremost say that i'm so sorry that you went through that with childbirth with that that was your experience and that is the experience of so yeah. many women you know, we really do risk our lives in pregnancy and in birth, no matter how modern the medicine has come. And we don't get medals for effort. We do get a child, hopefully, that's healthy, but, um, you know, a, a beautiful being. But, um, but we don't get medals for our... Um, for, for become, being a warrior, in a way, you know. And we don't get the honor that's really deserved. And, and so... Uh, um, but anyway, so I honor you for for you know making it through and 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 coming no, the results it all. were worth it. You know, I got the three absolutely wonderful children. But yeah. I mean, my son still bears the scars today from those forceps because it literally tore his skin off his head. Um, and so you know, he still has those scars today. And you never mind the kind of the trauma he went through, yeah. which was an underlying trauma in his childhood. You know, yes. because the trauma that they go through, this is something you forget. Um, calmness is not ever promoted during childbirth, yes. is it? It's it's more efficiency. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, it's essential that you be calm for, for your baby as well as for yourself. And that's not generally encouraged. But, um, you know, we need to take back those rights, ask those questions, demand yes. that, you know, um, the way we want to give birth and stop looking at it as a manufacturing plant. That's right, and then and then and then that does take us back to this again. What I call the lost culture um, and language of the female way. You know, this is something that um, the the male um, uh, medical um, scene just did not take down a good path, and we are still um, we are still seeing the results of that. 
um, lack of knowledge. They, they just simply don't have, they're not wired to understand yeah. the whole thing. And um, this is something that must be put back into the hands of women. Now, this doesn't mean that there aren't great male um, obstetricians out there or, or you know, great male doctors. There, there yeah. are. And great male doctors who are very supportive of women, um, women's health and women's gynecology and all of that. I mean, I, I know a few of them. They're terrific, and, and, and they are really honoring. But the actual system itself, the actual patriarchal system itself, and I hate to keep harping on that, but, but, it's, uh-huh. but it's a fact, um, it really, really ripped us off and stole something so incredibly precious from us, and that is our entire female self our entire female power, um, it was belittled and it, yeah. it, it ended up becoming something that was seen as weak or silly. And um, that is, in fact, not what uh, the human source of creation actually is. Yeah. You so wouldn't with, be here, me, um, without us. So, you know, you know thank right. God we I mean, have all these things everybody. going on in us because that's what makes you up. Um, you know, instead that's it was right. just, you know, almost being an, an apology for being a woman, wasn't it? That's right. Oh, it was just, just, just horrifying. And again, we, we've still not recovered from this. And I think that in this day and age now where we do have, at least in the United States, um, in, in Canada, many other countries, um, women do have equality in so many areas. We've made such great strides. We've got women in CEO positions. We've got women surgeons. We've got women getting into the yeah. universities now. And we've got women making a lot of money. But what we don't have is we still don't have sovereignty over our bodies. And this is something we continue to struggle with and, and continue to backslide on. And I do not believe we will ever have color cultural power over our wombs until we fall in love with the power of our wombs. That means really getting in alignment with this navigational system within us and getting back to what it's actually about and how it guides us every single day. I mean, you know, it, what we're really talking about here is that this, this hormonal cycle is our entunement, not only right. to our bodies, but to our psyche, to our spirituality, yeah. to our very being. And by tuning ourselves into this and understanding it is you're not being moody, you're not being unreasonable, you're just being almost reactionary to what the universe is, is telling you to hear. So we're being in tune and we're reacting to that in tunement. And we are not meant to go on a straight line. We are rhythm completely. We we're like rhythm. a wavelength. And so we're Our... going to receive information that way and act accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's exactly correct. We are meant to be, um, we are rhythmic beings. Well, again, male and female are all rhythmic. We just have a slightly... Um, uh, More volumized. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Higher frequency. Higher volume. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And and um and you know when we learn how to rhythmically eat, rhythmically exercise, and when we understand that our sexuality is rhythmic, yes. All of a sudden, we can really enjoy sex on our terms, and it's something that women understand the rhythmic sex drive of the woman that they are with, that he is with then all of a sudden he can get in sync with that, and men are happy to comply with that. When they understand it, they can see um, uh, how they can co-create a relationship they've always desired. But, but our entire society hasn't taught men or women 
I, you know, I want to go back to patriarchy just for a second. I really want to define that in my opinion. It's not really men or women. It's a system that yeah. was put into place a long time ago that, that gave men dominance. And that's, that's just been passed down now, and we're all victims of it. So I, I just want to be clear about but that. But also, if you but look it, at it, when you really come down to it, you know, it's not necessarily a role a guy likes. It's one no, that not he's, one bit. It's one that he believes that he should do. You know, yeah. in that yeah. big that he's taught to be the man and be in charge and be dominant. But, yeah. but you know, when it comes down to it, you look at that child in, in a mother's arms and that nurturing, that mm-hmm. lovering and that caring, um, that is, is something that they embrace. And that's why they kind of go yeah. for that type of thing in, 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 a, in the woman that they choose because they're looking for that. It isn't yeah. the dominance that they're looking for. That's imposed upon from them and I think yeah. if, if they're in tune to their mother they'll be in tune to a wife and yeah. you can see the people that are brought up single parents where you know a son has been brought up in a household of women there's a t- totally different respect for women um, yeah. than there is you know for people where there is that male dominance in there yeah and the more men around other dominant men, the more of a gang mentality yeah. um, that, that shows stuff. up. That it's very, that's very scary and very, yeah. uh, but but very prevalent and and actually takes over very rapidly. Um, and I, I think that, um, but most men I know really, um, yeah, they've been victims of the whole thing too, and they're trying to, they're trying to figure it all out. Yeah. And they they haven't learned, you know, because basically when you have a system like that, you've got such an imbalance mm-hmm. that everything's a lie. So nobody's really learning the healthy balance. No. No. Um, and, and and nobody really knows what to do. So exactly. Um, and you know, the thing yeah. is, is what you're looking at here is, you know, we ourselves don't know our entombment of our own body. Uh, right. Men just look at us as, as if we're from Mars or Venus, whatever yeah. it is. Um, right. You know, and, and, and if it's a journey that you could actually take to get, first thing that comes in is that permission. And another thing yeah. that, that we mentioned in our prequel is the forgiveness. And from that, yeah. you know, really there's nothing to forgive other than both of our ignorance. And if we're willing to give ourselves permission to go down this journey and understand, we understand how it enhances a relationship and enhances that living experience uh, as opposed to something that you just choose to turn a blind eye because it's a subject that's not for man. Oh, that's beautifully put, Sarah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I think that's just uh, that's so well put. I mean, there are a lot of men that when a woman gives birth can't look at their wife the same way. Yeah. And, you know, this is, I think, comes from that ignorance that suddenly a, a woman is not sexual or sexual anymore because she's given birth. She's right. now a mother, and they can't draw the line between that. And, you know, there I feel they're just not in tune with them. They're in tune with, no. with a doctrine that they've been given. That's right. And when we get back to speaking of the doctrines, I mean, you know, those, those, um, all of those models really are about separating and not, not connecting. And when we all get back to connecting with the universe in general through our natural rhythms and then we get we we, we start become alignment with our own natural rhythm that's we find peace and um, courage I believe and um, and direction we're able to find um, harmony and when we find it within ourselves then we can find it with our partners as well and with other human beings but I think it must I think it really gets down to the basics here you know really back to basics of not being separated from nature, not being separated from 
um, all of these rhythms around us. Our, so, our human bodies are really set up to do that, and I think that's the key to really, um, to really inner peace. So what would be that first step that someone would take in trying to kind of in tune into understanding their bodies? Should they do it after that, that next period um, and take it from that cycle? I mean, how do they get into the rhythm of that cycle? So what they would need to do first is they need to, first of all, just understand it, um, just get a basic understanding. Uh, and, and part of that basic understanding is then first undoing, letting go of everything that we've learned because that has created such a negative, for women, let's say, for, for the woman's rhythm, we, our entire society, our entire global society, uh, for the most part, really see it as such a negative thing, such an embarrassing thing, such a taboo thing to talk about. So this is a hurdle that we have that we have to shed at some point. But in the meantime, in the process of trying to shed that idea, we can only do it the more and more we understand about tuning in with, with learning about this rhythm. And so, um, you know, let's go through this rhythm. Let's go through these and I'll show you how they work a little bit. And then um, the idea would be that people track. Women would start tracking their cycle, reasons beyond fertility. Um, and uh, everything that I say about these four phases, this resting, building, expressing, and deconstructing phase that women have within a month that we all have during the 24-hour circadian rhythm and um, what women have in a month. Um, um, science is also showing us that men have this same rhythm in a year's time. So what, what we would have a week on, men would have in a three-month phase. They would have a three-month phase of, of what would be more of a resting phase or kind of an idea phase. They'd have a three-month phase of a building phase of reacting on those ideas. The third, um, third set of three months would be an expression phase where everything's really cruising along and they're, 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 they're really... Um, Everything's come to fruition. And then the fourth phase would be one that is back to problem solving. And then um, and there may be some depression or sadness or, or lack of direction there. And then they're back to more of the resting phase or idea phase again for the next three months. So they follow more of a sun, um, a sun rhythm, like the four seasons in a year. They follow that sun rhythm where we follow a moon rhythm. And so that's why I call the book Four Seasons in Four Weeks. It's as if we have four seasons in one month's time, and which also align with the four phases of, of the moon. So a new moon, a waxing moon, a full moon, and a waning moon back to rest. Um, so really we follow the sun, they, or we follow the moon, they follow the sun. And we all have that 24-hour circadian. You have a beautiful poster on your site, which I know that um, if people contact you, you will give to them. And I think yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful visual for a start, but also it breaks everything down. You know, okay. like, you know, you've got the, the fall, you know, the visionary, the artist, the queen, the winter, the builder, the fun date, the lover, the spring, the goddess, the wise woman, the leader. Um, and, you know, you break it down, you know, in the summer, which is the, you know, the athlete, the firewalker, the, the monk. And, you know, it kind of gives people a visual to actually understand because it is, you know, it is hard for women who've been taught to constantly think out and really not have any connection with themselves. Um, right. You know, you're being too egotistical if you're putting that on yourself or, you know, um, 
Yeah. You have to care for others first. You have to sacrifice yourself. What do you mean you're oxygenating yourself first? So yes. to suddenly say to them, now you've got to actually tune into your cycle and into your rhythm. It's like, you know, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, so the understanding what they're going to get out of this and how it's mm-hmm. going to fulfill them and make them abundant in their own lives is that if you are a person that's wanting to help other people, the best way for you to help other people is to help yourself first. That's right. It's like when you're in the airplane and, mm-hmm. and they instruct you to um, take the oxy- oxygen mask and put it on yourself first and then help the person next to you. Um, you know, that kind of thing. For sure, women have had all of that stuff laid on them for so long about, you know, you're being selfish if you yeah. consider yourself first. But we just flat out aren't yeah. any good to anybody else unless we do. And we've never really been taught been given the permission to rest when we need to rest and that kind of thing. And what I'm doing now um, with this with this practice, with this Four Seasons and Four Weeks practice, is that I'm really helping, um, or the practice is helping over, um, basically overwhelmed women feel understood, supported, rested, clear, and confident. And once they're feeling that way, it helps them to fall back in love with their partner. Yeah. It helps them to fall back in love with their work. It helps them to fall back in love with their children. They think they're, they, you know, they, they're so in love with their children, but they're, they're also overtaxed by yeah. them so much of the time. You know? and, and more um, importantly, fall back in love themselves, or maybe fall in love with themselves for the very right. first time in their lives. Right, and, and really realize yeah. what that what that love of self does, because you look at life through totally different glasses. Everything becomes so much clearer. Everything becomes so much more, you know, vibrant. Uh, and the pure, beautiful uh, vibration of life is resonating around you all the time. And in that higher elevation, you are now going to exude that love out to other people, and they're going to feel that resonance, and it inspires them to with themselves so this is not being selfish at all it's you know living in your own self-worth and being abundant more abundant people makes this planet a much happier place well it's really i mean when we get down to it it's really um law of attraction stuff and that you know where we are really um you know the idea throughout walking this life path of ours is that we really can have joy and happiness when we choose to and when we step into that vibration and when we can create it within our own selves that are vibrating it out and I think that's exactly what you're saying mm. yes yes yeah. totally uh, mm-hmm. you know we, we mm-hmm. know that so you walk into a room of happy people everything about you lifts and you come out in that joy and, you know, and it stays with you for a while and it resonates with other people. If you walk into a room where there's miserable people, what happens? No productivity. Yeah. Everybody's miserable and it stays with them for a while. So, you know, yeah. living in the joy of life, living in the joy of your life, because you understand you, it's meaningful, you're purposeful, you know, you really do love the exuberance of what life has to give you can only resonate in a positive way to everybody around you That's and right. the, to the sheer vibration of Mother Earth. You know, Mother Earth's been pissed off at us for a long time. You know, yes. she's been saying, nobody's listening to my hormones. <laughs> right. Well, well, here's, well, well, so here's, I want to I take off on that for just a second. I, I, I fervently believe that when uh, women are able to remember and, and, and reclaim this rhythm of ours and get back into alignment with it, then um, and they're sharing that and they're standing in their core. Now they're speaking from a more powerful place. And 
women and, and the world is listening, everyone begins to respect women more. And when, when, when the world is respecting women finally and for real, we are going to respect the things that we think of as male, which is our environment. We all call it Mother Nature, yeah. Mother Earth. And I, I don't think that it's gotten its respect because we don't respect things that we consider to be female. We will respect things that are um, that we consider to be home and hearth issues such as homelessness and hunger and those things have not been cared for on this earth so if we can get the women to step forward in their medicine this is what the shamans all over the world as well as the Dalai are caller they're calling for the women to step forward with their medicine to heal the planet and I totally believe that this female medicine is being in alignment with our womb wisdom because that's the thing that makes us and that's that it's been buried for so incredibly long. You know, it is an absolute gift to uh, to receive this seed and grow this life within you. And when you grow this life within you, the the value and the respect and the understanding and the connection that you have with this child. I mean, we're custodians of our children. We're not here. We do not own them. Okay. Uh, we cannot dictate. We follow their path. We lead them. We guide them. We love them. We nurture them. And then one day they will go and spread their own wings and, and uh, continue on the life that's uh, being chosen for them. Not by us, but by the universe. Uh, and the stronger that we make them in love, in love of self, in love and appreciation and respect for the planet, all live beings on it. The more we take them out of anger and into, you know, possibilities, the more harmonious that we will actually have here. And I think that, you know, we talk about the hierarchy of of men who live in a warrior state, in an anger or an eye for an eye and, and let's go out and take them out attitude all the time, which I think many of our you know, kids and, and sons don't want to be, but they're imposed to be in it. And we get rid of that mentality. We're not going to find that balance. But as you said, women are coming into their own now. And the more we tap into yeah. that empowerment, the more we're making that shift change. And the more that we're showing the men how to tap into their own rhythm as well and, and get into harmony with us, because what, what's, what it seems to me is acting out, what has been acted out for so long, is the shadow side of the male, where is, uh, whereas I think most men desire to be protectors, but our society has taught domination. Yes. And the, the domination is the shadow side of the strong, of the strong warrior. Um, and and I don't know any guy who doesn't love to be a hero at some point. Yes. I mean, or who doesn't dream about being a hero. And um, the way that we, uh, that men become heroes and protectors are by getting into alignment with their real and positive and more powerful core power, and that is, again, more of the, the um, protector, not the dominator. Yes, and that's the difference, isn't it? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the the difference there. Dominance Mm -hmm. is you feel that you have the right to own and dictate. Protector Mm -hmm. means that you honor what is in front and love and nurture in order to protect. And that's, I think, the the difference they need to understand. Yes, yes. And and you can see that it's played out with, you know, I mean, it continues to play in war. It's it's played out by um, uh, robbing... um, cultures of their 
of their language. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, you know, throughout history, we've seen it over and over and over again. We see imposing, imposing religions, imposing. perspectives, and and yes. you, you know, you you are nothing without our religion, and so therefore right. our religion will annihilate you. Um, excuse mm-hmm. me, I think you misconstrued God's message there. You know, yes. Yes. and uh, yes. yes. I think in a lot of ways we need to take the the humanism out of ourselves and and tap into the universal love and guidance and uh, mm-hmm. and start being so egotistical on what is our power because we've abused right. it. And I think that we can do that again just by um, tapping into that yes. universal power, uh, that universal rhythm, um, by again getting in line with our own rhythm, which is just really a microcosm of that of that universal rhythm. It's just really riding the wave instead of getting clobbered by it or or trying to go against yes. it or blockages. It's just yeah. really um, that block G. That's right. You know, yeah. riding the mm-hmm, riding the current and. Um, so when we, uh, when women, when we're really talking about, you were asking how do, how do, um, how does one start? How does one start to tap in to their rhythm? What they would do is uh, first they would they learn what this is. First they would have women start tracking. I would just have them start tracking their physical energy, their sexual energy, their mental viewpoint that day, their beauty cycle, and their communication cycle. You're just making little notes, and then um, once you're once you start writing these things down, you, you start to feel a rhythm. You start to see a pattern emerge, which is kind of exhilarating. You start getting the hang of it kind of rapidly. And um, so then I, I take them through, the book takes them through this um, resting phase. And this is, where, um, this is where the mind-body-spirit part comes in. Shall we go there? Shall we yes. go? Um, okay. Please, let's so, go there. Okay, so what we've got is we've, we've learned in biology class the scientific hormones. We've learned the landscape of, of estrogen and progesterone, and we hear about a follicular stage and a luteal phase and eggs are building and this kind of stuff. But you know what? That, that stuff just doesn't mean anything to the day-to-day journey. I mean, it's fine if you're actually, you know, doing research. Let's say you're having some fertility challenges, so you're going to go online and you're going to Google that stuff, and and uh, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that's right, that's how it goes, and 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 then you start tracking um, for those reasons. And I am very much in favor of women learning a fertility awareness method for tracking or something as well. I mean, you know, I think you have to be a real pro at it to use it for contraception, um, but many do. But I think just the fact that you learn how to do that is really, really important for self-knowledge. So I'm all in favor of that. That's not my expertise. There are many, many women who, many, many people who, who teach that system. Um, what I do is I take that those biological hormones and I make them relevant and uh, so that they have meaning in your life. And for instance, here's, here's what we know. This first week is the resting phase. It's week one. It's the first day of the period. If a woman is postmenopausal, or you know has had an early hysterectomy she would start tracking on the first day of the new moon now let me just let me just say something about this real quick 
women used to cycle with moon. So our bodies understand that rhythm. But artificial lighting has come in, and we're not as affected by the moon as we used to be. I think that the moon's very strong. I think we're still affected. However, it's not going to, it, it doesn't seem to be regulating our cycles the way that it used to be. So I'm using the moon phases to simply help postmenopause, um, postmenopausal women really just remember and logically tell their tell their bodies that no, we're not finished. Let's let's you know this rhythm perfectly well. You've been doing it for over 40 years. You don't produce children anymore, but you know I'm still alive and well. And this reminds the woman's body to not abandon her her rhythm. It won't be as strong, but it but it's kind of remarkable how accurate the system is. And it's so many of my postmenopause um, readers who write to me and tell me how amazing the whole thing is, that they never would have believed it. Mm-hmm. But when they start tracking using the same exact formula, only they start tracking on the day of the new moon, it's amazing what patterns emerge for them and what insights they can get. So on that first week, I have uh, women who are cycling start tracking on the first day of their period. Postmenopause, um, non-cycling women would start tracking on the first day of the new moon. And But we use the model of the cycling woman. We use the model of the reproductive cycle. So what we know about that is that is the time when we are bleeding and we are shedding the the former uterine lining. So we're shedding what no longer serves us. It's an end and a beginning. Just like and I could I do compare it to the new moon. I also compare it to fall. It's like red leaves being shed from trees. Um, um, it is harvest time. So what happens here is that the hormones are laying low and they're at their lowest. And that's what we know biologically, scientifically. What that means in our day-to-day life, what, what makes that relevant is that that tells us we need to lay low. Mm-hmm. That means we need to rest. And um, uh, what that also means is that when we don't rest, it's no different than not sleeping at night. Again, we go back to that 24-hour yeah. rhythm. If you don't sleep at night, we might be able to get away with it one night. But any more than that, at least for me, I am messed up after that. Uh-huh. And what is happening is that because women are not sleeping or because women aren't resting during this phase, it really it can mess up the rest of the month. And all of this is going on under, underneath the surface, and they're not even aware of it. So... Um, what happens here is that women are so overworked and overwhelmed that they don't feel they can sit down to rest. There's no time to sit down and rest, and that, that, that they would be criticized if they sat down to rest. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that they're not ill. You know, they're, they're sick. They can still go to work. They can still run that marathon if that's what they've signed up to do. But what this is about is being mindful. It's being mindful to not do extra errand after work, not go out for pizza and beer after the marathon. The idea is to recognize that, that you're in your first week. That means it's time to rest. Go home, take a bubble bath, go lay down on the couch and read a book. It also means that um, male partners um, um, participate by encouraging the 
woman in their life to rest and relax. Yeah, this is not a time to make demands on her to understand this is exactly. this is her regrouping and her re you know reviving t- stage. And so this is the time to snuggle up and, and watch a movie together and you know have time for conversation. It's not the time to kind of get amorous or demanding. That's correct. Well, or or here's the thing, or rub her feet. Yes. Or um, you know, how can you best care for her because if you do that as 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 a partner that is the biggest aphrodisiac forever, that you're willing to just be sweet and um, um, sleeping skin to skin. I mean, there, there are many sexual things that can be done without going over the top or having it have to be the same all the yeah. time or have it look like a certain thing. Yeah. And if or it's having to female, lead to the no, act. No. I mean, sometimes you just, That's right. you know, a central massage without it having to end up into, you know, um, the full act is 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 also something that's really wonderful. It doesn't always have to be that way. That's big. That is a, that's a huge part of it is that with no expectations yes. of it going anywhere else. And just then the yes, sheer pleasure exactly. of that moment, right. And that's connection right. too, and I, isn't it? Connection. It's connection. It really is. And just recognizing and honoring. Yeah. Um, it, it's just really honoring. And that is the kind of thing that begins to co-create a fantastic relationship and each one of these phases is super critical for preparing for this phase. Um, I also want to throw in for a moment that I talk about male partners um, and um, the book even leans in a heterosexual way and the reason for that is that I find that Women who are in partnership with women don't really have these same issues. They, um, they already have a partner who understands the vulnerability of having a cycle. They already kind of get so many things innately and intuitively yeah. because they each go through it. So they don't, they don't quite have the, the, the same pressure going on. They also don't have the pressure of birth control and um, you know, trying to prevent pregnancy and that kind of thing. And so they just simply don't have the same kind of um, challenges with the whole scene as a straight couple has. So they're and more this is what I, each other. That's right, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they've actually got it made in mm. many ways as far as the cycle goes and all of this. I mean, you know, not that they don't have problems with it. You know, each couple is different and each woman is different, of course. They, they don't have the same sort of challenge as far as the pressure from the partner that just doesn't understand actually, it. Actually, what, what I do find it. is if you've got some really good friends or you've got somebody, if it's the same sex uh, partner, um, very often they're cycling the same time they get into mm-hmm. each other's rhythm don't they yes and you know i've done a lot of research on this and there are really mixed results around this scientifically but when you ask the women you know that it's true yeah i mean you know when you come down to talking to the women they will tell you that it's true and um, i figure later they'll figure out you know they'll have the right tools to research it correctly you know what I think, but, like try asking but, um, <laughs> instead of yeah, assuming. exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe forget the research and just yeah. listen to the women you know exactly. i mean what a concept yeah. yeah yeah so anyway during that first resting week um what happens is that for the first couple of days um, i ask women not to exercise to just lay low and you may have a second wind you actually may feel sort of energized but don't let that fool you because that will come back and bite you in the butt later. Um, Just be full and allow allow yourself, give yourself permission. And this is so hard for women. It's so hard to have them undo all that busyness and just sit down and give themselves permission. And then what happens is, so I do have different archetypes throughout this, this book. 
I have three archetypes per phase. The first one is the lounging queen. And the second one would be the visionary. Because what happens is after you've rested for a couple of days, all of a sudden that visionary steps in. And what I mean by that is that, again, this system is incredibly accurate. All of a sudden you will start getting your best ideas. Um, if you're a visionary person, if you see things, I, I see things. Um, yes, some people too. hear things. Some people feel things. Um, but you will get your best connecting coming in as far as, um, your again, your best ideas, your best visions, all of those things. And then after, towards the end of that week, you're going to start um, coming out of your slumber a little bit, coming out of your lounging phase, and you're, now you're getting antsy to get moving. And I call this the artist because it's time to kind of start moving your hands, taking some of those ideas, and instead of really talking about it, or getting too active about it, you start start creating a little bit. It's the beginning of the creation of um, starting starting to take action a little bit, and then we then we move into phase two, which is week two. And what happens here is that now our hormones, in a super broad sense, um, our estrogen with testosterone there, a little bit of a cocktail mix really goes from zero to 100. I call this winter because I, I visualize a snowy, glorious mountain that uh, where you start at the bottom and you climb to the top. It is um, likened to the waxing moon, the building moon. And what happens here hormonally, biologically, is that, um, again, those hormones are building. So what that means in our daily life and experience, in our psychological journey, is that now we are building relationships. We are building, um, and what happens with biologically is that, that the eggs are building. The eggs are growing and developing. Um, they're actually um, vying for position of who's going to be the, the queen bee, basically, that drop down at ovulation time. You're, you're heading, heading towards ovulation. So that means experientially in our life, we are building relationships. We love everybody during this week. We want to connect with our friends. We want to um, connect with a business associates, and we want to connect with our partner. The primal wisdom of this piece tells us that primally our, um, uh, we are trying to attract a mate. And so what we're doing here is we're attracting like the building moon, we are beginning to grow in beauty. And scientifically, we are growing in beauty. We are growing more beautiful day by day. And there's a, a doctor, Dr. Rebecca Booth, who wrote an entire book on this called The Venus Week. So I, I follow her on that and, and call this week The Venus Week because this is the week that we become more and more beautiful simply because primally, our primal bodies are trying to to attract a mate. And if we, if we have some, for some reason decided that we don't want to do that, um, or in addition to that, we're also, again, we, we're taking ideas from the first week and we're building our businesses. We're building our projects. Maybe we are throwing a wedding, and so we're, we're doing all the plan. We're, we're taking action on all those plans now. We're calling the florist. We're calling the, the facility. You know, we're, we're taking action and we're making things happen. Um, this is a super romantic week between couples. If... Um, if 
I tell the I tell the the partners to clear their calendars. They're going on dates, and this is a great time to this is the time to court. This is the time to go out and play. This is the time to just really enjoy each other. And also, it's crucial during this week to have heart to heart talks, because this is the time you really need to connect your hearts. This is when a woman is really just open hearted and would love nothing more than the light of her partner coming at her and also participating in in a mutual uh, dance. So this is a super romantic time. And um, now the, uh, there's a shadow side to every single one of these phases. And the shadow side of this particular week is that um, you can overdo it. You overcommit. You say to way too many things. And I'll, I'll show you later on where that where that becomes a problem. But you agree to too much during this week. Because you want to. You mm-hmm. love everybody. You love everything. You want to participate. You want to do it yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all been, we've all been. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, and, um, so what happens here, and, and, um, and the other thing um, as far as our daily experience goes, and this is one of the biggest ones of all for me, is that when women understand this week, and they, they usually don't. They usually completely bypass this week because they feel good. Their mm-hmm. period they're with, they're not, um, they're not close to the, the end again or anything like that. They're in this time, so they're not paying attention to this week. But this is one of the, I mean, they're all important weeks. Each is important for its own reason. And this week is important because women need to understand that during this week, they're sexually intoxicated. And because they're tri- primally underneath the surface, with or without them, they are trying to attract a mate. And why this is important is because sometimes we don't make our best decisions during this time about um, partners. You know, if, if, if there's a Caught party up in the euphoria of night, it. Yeah, exactly. What's that? Caught up in the euphoria of it rather than the knowledge of it. Completely. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it is a little like being drunk yeah. or something like that. And so, and so I tell, uh, like, especially single women, I tell them, you know what? If you have a party to go to tonight, you have you you are going um, as the buddy system, okay? And you yes. have to, you've got to tell your girlfriend to, um, you know, you've got to have an agreement before you go to the party to watch out for each other, and um, you know, don't be no, going to a no, Vegas chapel at the end of the night. That's right. Don't go off to the Las Vegas chapel. Don't go off into that other room or take off in a car with somebody like Mr. Cute who walks in yeah. before talking to each. Because, um, you know, you really need to kind of check in with each other because your mind will absolutely believe you're doing the right thing. And then then there's regret after that if it's not the right thing. So um, this is where, this is mastering our hormones. This is not being conked by our hormones. This is not being oblivious to what's going on with the primal engine that is going on beneath the surface. This is being right on top of it and knowing exactly what's happening and using your mind to uh, be mindful about what's happening. Um, as, as this week comes to an end, now we are really at the height of our sexuality here because this is right before we would consider full moon time. Um, this is right before ovulation. So um, with a, with, if, you, if there's a partner involved, then this is your most romantic time for sure. This is your best lovemaking. You have to be sure that contraception is in place. Um, both of the weeks uh, leading up to this if you do not want a pregnancy. And so that's, that's the other piece, too, is really understanding this, uh, the whole span of fertile 
the fertile um, phase right. there. Um, but this is the this is the time for the best love making, and um, and then we enter phase three, week three, which I call spring. It is uh, uh, it's week three. I call it spring because it's a wet, fertile time. I begin week three with ovulation, mm-hmm. and. Many people would end phase two with ovulation, but ovulation to me begins a whole new phase. And I identify ovulation the full moon. And this is when we are our absolute, um, uh, we are absolutely at our most magnificent. We are no different than the full moon when we walk outside and look at it. When we see the full moon, that is women on ovulation. I mean, um, I write more about ovulation in the book than anything, I think, because it is such a, a phenomenal time. When you think about the primal purpose, when you think about the, the egg uh, and, and the biological landscape of it, when you think about an egg dropping down, when you think about a sperm and an egg coming together, that's the most primal and primordial thing that could possibly happen in the universe. Yeah. And it's also the most spiritual um, thing that can happen in the Cosmic universe. connection, this, this, yeah. This creation. So you've got this mm-hmm. perfect earth-spirit alignment here with ovulation, which gets into a lot of, of uh, really showing us um, that this is the time that we are fully expressing. Just like the full moon, this is full expression time. So um, in our daily experience, this can also um, show us how to ask ourselves if we're showing up in our authenticity. This is the moment of truth. Are we expressing who we really are? Are we expressing what our purpose is? Have we found our purpose? Or are we still just living what our families wanted us to be or society told us that we needed to be? Are we really showing up? This cycle of ours gives us an opportunity every single month to shed what no longer serves us and to bring out the gifts of who we're meant to be and what we're me- what gifts we're meant to bring to the world. So, um, I mean, th- there's so much symbolism within this cycle that gives us so many opportunities um, that it's just it's just kind of mind blowing as far as I'm concerned. And the other part is that a woman can feel she should feel really her most spectacular during this time, but she may feel her worst. She may feel extremely depressed and doesn't know why. And when she's tracking, she keeps discovering that it's the same time every month that she's feeling sad or depressed. And if you look at the primal wisdom of that, it's possible it's because she wishes she had a partner and doesn't, or she's not happy with the partner she's with. But she's never considered those things. You know, she just didn't know right. what it was. Um, Could it also really, be, you know, because you know, as, as it's the wise woman and the lean knowing our truth and we know it, you know, it, 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 we reach kind of a sadness and things because we realize we're not living in our own truth. We're not embracing right. our own wisdom. We're not, we're not on our right track. And if we're feeling right. every uh, every month and noticing it, then we have to really look at our lives and going, you know, what is it that I need to do to shift, to be on that right track, to tap into that wisdom that you seem to get in this week? That's right. And then we're getting the source of the issue this mm. way. Otherwise, we don't really know what we're going after. We go sit in therapy right. or something and, you know, and it doesn't do any good because we're not really even understanding that this 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 primal body of ours is really handing us stuff on a silver platter every moment. And, and we can be accessing that when we see it for what it is. And here's the beauty behind it, Sarah, is that if we know this is a pattern of ours, if we know there's sadness or depression, 
um, and we see the pattern every month. Then at this point, and, and we may not, we still may not be meeting um, the perfect partner or anything for us, but what we know is that now we can predict. Now we know that we're, when we're approaching this time again that we may feel sad or we may feel a little depressed. And now we've got some tools developed, and that's what I help women to do as well, is develop some tools around what they can do to really um, come out of that depression or that sadness during that time or dive a little deeper into it to take a look at it, you know, whatever, but know that they're going to come back out of it because they know their rhythm yes. now. They're seeing the, their safety zone of, of that, no, this is not a permanent thing. This has to do with what's going on with me primarily and what's natural as a, as a woman um, and actually rejoice in that or honor that, you know, and just see, say, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Seems to me so it would be a good time to really, really go in and look at your life and, you know, find your own meaning your own purpose in there and it seems to be a time that you know is is a time to find that to reflect on your life and is your life over you on this direction at this time and you know to make that mind um, you know and body connection to the universe because it seems to be a time that um you you can switch that sadness to gladness when you choose to open up to that universe and allow it to direct you um as opposed to life dictating to you so a contemplative time in many ways. And that, and that gets even more so during the second cycle because after ovulation, we are now entering into the second part of the cycle. We've hit sort of, if you think about the full moon and then what happens after the full moon. So after that first section of, of uh, that first 24-hour period or so of ovulation, you still have the rest of week three. And what happens is that primarily and, and biologically, the body has to wait to see if it's pregnant. And, and so th- there's, there are a few days there. If there, if there were a fertilized egg, it would take a few days for it to move along and attach itself to the uterine wall to let the body know that it's pregnant. So in the meantime, you're actually still sitting high on your throne and it's a really balanced and beautiful time to reflect, just as you said, um, uh, and you think about the moon reflecting. This is the time for us to reflect out and look at how our life has been so far. It's a t- look at the world. This is such a great world leader mode, and, mm. and women know exactly what to do here. This is a great time to have the mind-to-mind talks with the partner about what's going on with our money, where are we living, what's going on with the kids. Um, it's a great time to continue um, with um, sexuality, but it's a little more mellow. You know, everything's a little yeah. more calmed down. Everything's just kind of cool, and you're going out and and. It's a, bit, it's a sophisticated time in a way. And then you end that week and you head into week four when the body figures out it's not pregnant. And this is the phase that, um, that can knock everybody off their feet. Um, this is phase four. In, in the past, everybody's called it PMS. <laughs> I reject that completely. <laughs> I don't reject it for, you know, yeah. And I don't reject it for the women who are really suffering. I mean, th- there are some radical issues out there yeah. with this week for Chemical many women. imbalance, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a different issue. I'm talking about the average situation. <clears throat> and the fact that we call this a syndrome is just absolutely wrong. This is a real ceremonial time, and I call this the firewalk. What happens here is that because after ovulation, we... Um, and we start losing our estrogen. And then after our body's figured out we're not pregnant, we, we lose our progesterone. It starts tanking. So what happens is that our feel-good drugs tank. And our body has to deconstruct that 
that uterine nest, that's what's going on biologically. That, that, that uterine nest has to deconstruct and prepare itself to be purged out the following week in the form of blood. So in one way, this week is kind of like labor when a woman is going through childbirth. And what happens in that labor is that, that the body is preparing and pushing the baby down to prepare to be birthed. And during the time that the woman is in labor, you know how intense that is. And she doesn't want to be touched. And she's got so much trying to, trying to head out that she can't handle any stimulation coming in. That's exactly what's happening in this particular week, the week before the period, the fourth week of the cycle. It's trying to... Um, deconstruct and things are, are beginning to um, morph and move and things are pushing it, you know, um, in a way as if things are pushing themselves through the edge of our skin. So our skin feels like it's on edge. We find ourselves um, where we cannot handle stimulation coming in because so much is trying to push its way out. And here's the thing, though. We're really in survival mode because as the things, as we're letting go of so many things that no longer serve us and it's preparing to purge, we are also hanging on to dear life for our, our values and our principles. And any threat to our values and principles, um, we turn into mama bear. For mm -hmm. instance, if there are money issues during that week, um, that's a threat to the woman's survival and to the survival of her children or her community, that kind of thing. And she's just not going to put up with it. She's just not going to tolerate it. Um, so what I ask women to do, uh, the first archetype in that week is, is the athlete. Because you come in from your world mode, but you're feeling now competitive. You know, you're starting to get a little bit of fire into you. So it's a really fun time, actually, to get out there and, you know, go play a sport. But then you enter the fire walk. Uh, and, and I say that the first time that you feel like you want to uh, like you want to burn tears or that you want to yell at somebody, I call that a hot spot. Yeah, I call it a hot spot. And I ask women to take these hot spots and, and see for what they are. These are super valid issues that we have, and we have to take a look at them. We have to see if there's some way we can reduce them from being hot spots next time. And what happens here is that oftentimes, you know, back to that second week when we've loved everybody, let's say we volunteered to make all the sandwiches for an event that second week and we were really happy to do it, you know, and then, uh -huh. then somebody asks us to make the sandwiches during this fourth week, are you kidding? <laughs> you know, we just think everybody's good during this week. Because it's it's sort of like, why can't you make the sandwiches for a change? I have taught you how to make these sandwiches over and over and over again. Why doesn't somebody else do them for a change? And that's exactly what happens. And so what we can point to here is that that our solution to this week, our solution to challenges aren't always in this particular week. Our solutions may be in being more mindful during that second week to not overcommit, to not yes. to not set us up that way. To, to put us in a bad situation later, you know, that kind of thing. As yeah. we go through this cycle, we have more and more and more opportunities to get it right. And we're never going to get it right because this is a life journey, but we are going to improve it vastly. And the more and more this cycle is done every month, the more and more women are see less symptoms of discomfort during this fourth week because they are going to start resolving and, and mastering the other parts of their cycle 
that lead up to this fourth week. And again, and, and it may be with eating or exercising, the eating leading up to this week needs to be cleaner, making sure there's there's not inflammation issues. Right. Um, you know, all these kinds of things that we prepare for. And that summer week, so I call that summer because it's, because it starts out being like the, the hottest day of the year, just the, you know, the, the most horrible hottest day ever. And over time, after really mastering each of these weeks that lead up to that, all of a sudden we can turn that into a, a beautiful summer day <clears throat> at the beach. And we start feeling in our core power. We start feeling like, wow, I'm really getting this. And you, again, you start seeing those hot spots for what they are instead of just feeling like, you know, I mean, not even recognizing that, that, that you're in this week and that that's what this is. Otherwise, you just you just feel justified for the wrong reasons rather than justified that, that these are actually valid issues. But I have women write them down to address later yes. in one right. of the other weeks. I mean, this, this I can see is such a marriage saver in a relationship mm-hmm. saver because if mm-hmm. a man actually you know has this poster here that kind of okay she's right. in that week this is yes. the time to approach her on this subject not that week yes. this is the that's time right. to ask her something or this is the time to get you know deep in conversation um you know this isn't the time to go yeah. and book you know a trip that is going to be all physical um you know it's it yeah. just helps you avoid all those you know negative issues because you you know you've done out of sequence so I can see how this you know really will help a marriage so considerably plus you know let's let's face it men lineals they like guidelines what you're yeah. giving them here is a guideline to actually understand their wife and learn when and where is appropriate to to communicate what and so you know you're taking that mystery out of it I don't know what to do I don't know what she's about well this is what this week is about this is what yeah. you can address and this is what you and this is the action week, this is this week, that's that week, you know, now you know when to sit down and talk to her, when it's action, when it's romance, and you, you know, you don't approach her at the wrong time and this goes, she's a cold fish. No, you've just, you've yeah, hit right. her at the wrong time. So I think this right. is a wonderful manual for, for the spouse Thank in your you. life. And there is a man guide, as I call it a man guide, uh, at the end of each of these chapters that actually really explain this. And what men really need to understand is that this is not, again, like you said, I mean, there's really no mystery here. This is a logical, predictable sequence. And we're really not talking about something that has to be a hassle. If you want to think of it as a hassle, well, then go ahead. You have to understand that you're rhythmic, too. Um, uh, You have to understand that really this is your opportunity to honor exactly what this how amazing the female body is how amazing the woman is in your life is that she goes through this month after month after month how radical the process is yeah and to actually again give it the honor that it deserves um and 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 really bring that back into our entire consciousness on this planet it it just uh brings in harmony and goodwill all the way around let me just throw in that the that the 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 partner for this particular week in the fourth week would really um, not leave or anything like that but would actually just honor um, his commitments of what he said that he'd do, what he said during those heart-to-heart talks, what he said during those mind-to-mind talks, what you've agreed on, now he's actually doing those moments. Um, right. And just following through, just being a teammate, just walking side by side and letting her do her own thing and be focused and, and let her do her own process. It's definitely not a time to be 
Um, and, and sexuality might be fine during this week, but it is probably just something very physical and yes. quick, uh, which takes attention off of her, but follow her lead on that. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to finish with that. And as that fourth week winds down, she takes all of those hot spots and she takes this contemplation and this reflection, this observation, and she goes inward with it, just like the waning moon. Now she's heading back into towards the new moon time, and then she's back to her resting phase. I mean, it's quite beautiful, really, when you look at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. I'm tired of the demeaning attitude of, oh, God, it's the hormonal yeah. cycle again. And yeah. she's moody or she's a bitch at this time you know if if you do understand the cycles of a woman and that preparation the why it's there and the understanding of it it really then becomes something to celebrate um yeah. you know you do have a guideline not just for yourself but for your partner um of understanding where you are uh, at what time but also when you look at it and, and see in 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 a one month period a 28 day period of how many things a woman actually goes through it's quite right. incredible. And so you can understand sometimes that if you hit us at the wrong time, how you're putting so much unnecessary stress on us that can throw us out of that rhythm. That's right. And, you know, it's only because we haven't learned this yes. that it seems like a problem. Again, that 20 circadian rhythm that we all go through, we don't think anything about it. We don't think anything about going through the four seasons in a year and looking outside and knowing what we have to do to compensate for the day. If it's looking cold outside, we put a coat on yes. um, because we want to stay comfortable. And that we don't get crazy. We understand that that's just survival. Women haven't been taught how to compensate for every day because it's been seen as a negative rather than just a, a normal, um, natural, um, innate thing. Actually, we just, the, the, the female part of this has been seen as so negative that it seems like asshole, but instead, pretty soon, once we get to know this, um, we start, it just becomes a natural thing. It, it becomes a natural thing, and men also um, realize that they're rhythmic as well and the same considerations um, are you know are are given yes um, I think it's a cop with each out. Other. I really do I think it's such a cop out to blame women yes. for this when we all are natural rhythmic natural and it's rhythmic and it's beings. about being in rhythm with each other understanding each other's rhythm yes. you know when you talk about being on the same wavelength with somebody you know it it is because you're in rhythm with them and so that's why you can hear mm -hmm. them this is why you yes. can comprehend each other and so if you get into rhythm with you with your with your partner. Um, you know, you you have a, a better connection with each other. Um, you have a better mm -hmm. understanding. You know when, you know how, you know why. And so therefore, when you really are talking, you really are in the position to listen because you're mm -hmm. in sync with each other. So I think it's, it's, an, it's a, as I said, a brilliant manual for people to follow mm -hmm. in not only the woman understanding herself, but for the man to understand. But I've got a couple of okay. questions here. Um, what happens if people... Um, you know, don't work kind of the nine to five or get up morning, go to bed at night. They they work late at night. They shift people. Does that affect their cycle? You know, um, I don't really. If you're talking about women, um, uh, I don't really know. I I think that if they are getting into that, they train their own body to you know to follow that. It's if it's consistent. I imagine that. Um, 
they're going to be less affected. I mean, you know, we have a lot of other hormones in the body, we, and, and we've got things like melatonin. Um, yes. So whenever we're all, you know, whenever we're up at night and using artificial lighting, that's a little off from what our human bodies are designed to do. Um, but, you know, over time we've evolved, and I imagine that our, and, and our human bodies are so amazing. Our brains, our minds are so amazing that... Um, so we've got to make sure that our serotonin and our melatonins are properly balanced in our bodies. And so if, we, if we're not following the natural light and we're going to artificial, then it's up to us to make sure that that measure and that balance is in there to compensate for it. Perfect. Yes. Exactly. Okay, here's another question for you, and it uh, might sound a bit bizarre. We have so much more homosexuality today. Now, you explained, you know, about lesbians being in sync with each other, which I think is wonderful mm-hmm. because you can understand that. But we have mm-hmm. a lot more homosexual men today, and they seem mm-hmm. to have a lot of women tendencies, hormonal type mm-hmm. tendencies. Are mm-hmm. we seeing more feminine hormonal in um, in gay men? You know, you know, in are they would they benefit from this type of cycle even though they don't have a period? Yes. Um, it depends on the, you know, depends on the man. It depends on what his focus is. I mean, if he is a man who identifies himself as a woman, and, and I'm, I am no expert on this. Right. Let me just say this is my, this is my observation and opinion. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not the person to speak on this. But I would say that um, uh, men that I've met, and if they identify them, if they identify themselves as female, or if they identify as more feminine, let's say, they definitely benefit from this because. They love being um, they love being feminine, and this would help them. I mean, they could, in one way, if they if they really wanted to fully embody the feminine, uh, uh, you know, a feminine essence. Then I would also them start tracking on the new right. moon, yes. and I would have them start following the system so that they start becoming uh, it, they be, they start becoming femaleismic as best they can. Yes, because, I mean, they feel female, you know, they're following the female thing, and you see so much more mm-hmm. of it. And I would imagine that this would be something to help them understand, you know, kind of their own rhythm. They may not be, you know, um, you know, have the, obviously the womb, um, but th- there seems to be so much more hormonal tendency there uh, to more yeah. womanhood rather than manhood. I would imagine, as you said, like, you know, menopause, follow the new moon, and uh, see if that helps you have that rhythm yourself. So I can see it being a great benefit. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I just talked to a man about this. Um, well, actually, uh, you know, a female, a, a female with a man's body. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was talking to a couple of months ago, and she was um, just this lovely person. And I talked to her about it, and I said, "Oh my God, no, you would really. I, I think you'd really love this." And I talked to her about it, and and she was really into it. And and it, in in her case, she was taking female hormones as well. Yes. So it, if the hormones are really involved, you know, taking those, then and for sure, it's really going to, uh, really to help benefit. out. But I, but I think with any, I think with any guy who leans in that direction and likes to feel more female or identifies himself in that direction, I think this would definitely help. Absolutely. As, as I mean, a matter of fact, it might be the main thing that helps them. Because well, it's really not just in. chemistry. You know, you're talking about you know yeah. the mind and, and uh, you know body and soul connection. So I can just imagine that it would help them get into that female rhythm. You know, and also with you know with lesbian women, you've got them physically following that cycle. But you're talking about yeah. the men's side being different. So maybe even with a more masculine and um, lesbian. It might be, you know, look at the men's cycle as well because you could be a combination mm-hmm. of both. Yeah, yeah, very possible. Now, what what I have found, 
um, at least from the women that I've talked to that are um, more butch or something like that, is that they either um, don't feel much of their rhythm, but when I talk with them, they still, they can identify different sections of the cycle and they laugh, you know, because they're going, oh my gosh, it is there, you know, that kind of thing. What I found within the lesbian community, now this is, again, this is just from my many friends and, and this kind of thing, but this doesn't mean this this uh, identifies with all, all lesbian women um, who lean in a masculine direction. But the bottom line is that they still feel they are all, they're all women. I mean, right. you know, they, they, they don't really necessarily identify as being male. They identify with just being women who are, you know, who are into women. And um, so it would still apply to them very much so, but I think your point is well taken. I think for anyone who wants to identify more, who feels like they identify more with the masculine, to yes, take a look at that masculine model. I think that's an excellent point, Sarah. Thanks for bringing that up. Bring the balance into it. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think this is, you know, the. I think when a kid gets her first period, this should be a book that she's given. And yes. like everybody in the family read it. And I think yeah. they should have this poster up on the fridge yeah. uh, with everybody's cycle date on it. And, yeah. and if you teach the young men right from the word go that there isn't a stigma, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's yeah. no shame on this. It's not dirty. It's not icky. This right. is the cycle of womanhood. This right. is your cycle of manhood. If you understand it right from that word go and it's open and clear with no embarrassment or stigma to it, we're going to right. produce men with a far more understanding and compassionate heart. And we'll have so much better relationships and communication right. in that next generation. So yeah. I encourage people not just to do it women to do it for themselves but this is you go and read privately on your own you get your husband read it with you and you start introducing it into the family and have this poster on the fridge and you know let them respect what it takes to be a woman because we are you know the the leaders you're here because of our womb so therefore respect what this womb goes through that's right, and not only that, but but just to say real quick that in our in our world society, in our global society, again, we give medals to men for shedding blood, <laughs> um, for being yeah. warriors. But we do, we, and I believe that women need to start getting that same respect. Not getting right. medals, but they need to be seen as their blood being shed as something so incredibly powerful and wonderful and actually honorable, not something that's icky and, and you know, yeah. whatever, like you and were saying. And stop being demeaning you know. to us because, you know, that's it's... Right. it's I mean, it's, it should be seen as, as yeah. awesome, actually, yes. you know. Yeah, especially when you break it down like this because it makes so much sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I had terrible cycles that were never consistent mm-hmm. and I would go through many, many moods. And, uh, you know, it's, I you know, didn't like living with myself at times. So, yeah. you know, this gives you a better understanding. It also gives you empowerment to actually, you know, kind of help control yourself by, you know, this is week I'm going to be in. Uh, so I give fitness for myself for being that, but at the same time, permission to take a little more control and understanding it and know what are my triggers and what my parameters are and to stay within them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it helps us take some responsibility also for our own emotions and, and to contain them a little bit and not allow them to go off kilter well, well, and because we have a better understanding. Well, and here's the thing is we don't even really have focus on not allowing them to go one direction or another. When we have the knowledge yes. and when we have, tools, when we have tools in place and we know exactly what to do, 
Um, again, it's kind of like grabbing that coat when it's cold outside. Yeah. Um, knowing what we're coming up to, knowing, um, uh, again, ahead of time what's happening and being prepared for that, and then, and then, and then mastering it that way. Well, now we're going to have to master your website and how to get hold of your book because we're at that name. So will you let everybody know how to get this, how to get this poster? I want this poster. Yes. <laughs> Great. Well, let's go to my website, which is 4s4w.com. Uh, and they go to the website 4s4w.com and they can just get that free poster that's right there. It's a digital download. It won't be mailed to you in the mail. It's right. a digital download, so you need to print it out or just look at it on your computer. But it will map out those four phases for you. Um, the book is on there. Uh, you can also get the book on Amazon. And I have an upcoming live retreat. I've got some an upcoming online course. And I'll have many, many things over this next year. I do private coaching and all of that as well. But go get that poster. That'll get you I think I think it's a wonderful gift. And as I said, I think this is a wonderful gift to give every kid, every girl that has her first period uh, to understand what's happening to her and how to embrace it right from that widow. And at the same time, you know, the poster for the men understand what this is and honor a woman uh, because she is the gift of life so i thank you so much for being on the show this has been fantastic i've learned so much today about this and i think it's something as i said it's it's the rite of passage here's your first period here's the book now we all have a better understanding of it perhaps a few politicians should need it as well before they pass their ridiculous laws no doubt. <laughs> so thank you so much yeah, for being on no with us today it. this is Thank you for tuning in to PLV Radio. We hope that our programming has inspired you. Please feel free to visit the website to find past shows and schedules. Find your favorite hosts, leave comments about your experience, and share ideas for future shows. Don't forget to visit us on your favorite social media websites, which you will find links to at plv-radio.com. Listen with your friends and share the inspiration.